Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wheelin' and Dealin'. I'm one of your hosts, Harrison Gottlieb, and here with me. <laughs> I'm Daniel Chirelli, local Panthers fanatic, as most of you know. Of course, of course. And welcome to another episode. So first, let's start off with talking about a recap from the week so far. So far on this week, we are 13-10, and 10, giving out our picks. We had a 6-1 and one get day yesterday on hockey. Baseball didn't go so well. Day before that. We had a gentleman's sweep that would have been perfect if it wasn't for the Padres. And um, let's move on from that. We're doing. And I think good. our. Uh, do you have our total record? I'm pretty sure our total record. We're still positive um, from Twitter picks since we. Uh, total record. Total record is 306 and 291 and seven. So, which is creep on creeping up. We're getting close to. Just getting that win record way more than should be. Yeah, especially with gambling, you know, the juice and the um, the vig, the all-important vig. Um, so the, the percentage to actually make a profit, I think, is like 52% on all your picks. Um, so we're pretty close to that, I'd say. Oh, yeah, I think um, right now we're at 51% when I last did the math. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. Hard <laughs> not to take it. <laughs> all right, so let's start with some news from the week. The In soccer... They've been doing the Super League, or trying to. They want the Super League. And um, what's some thoughts you got on that, Super League? Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting that all the, the the historically good soccer teams from around Europe were thinking about joining a league because um, I saw a lot of people freaking out because the teams that they included, um, some of them aren't really doing that hot this year. Like I know Arsenal's, Arsenal's not doing – um, as good as they as they used to, but they're included in a team like Leicester City, who's recently won a title in the past, I think, five years. Um, they're not included. So it's an interesting concept. I know that uh, all the fans of the, the lower-tier teams, even in the Premier League um, and La Liga and things like that, I, I don't think it's going to work as we see over time. You know, the fans are really freaking out. The commentators for the teams are freaking out. Um, and we've actually had teams pull out of the Super League agreement um, a, a couple in, in England, Manchester City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Manchester United are all out. Atletico Madrid and Inter Milan also out. So that's not much of a, of a super league anymore as it is like five or six teams who want to want to branch out. So it, it's an interesting idea, but I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, it seems like it was just a bailout for those bad teams. And I just, um, it made me start to think, how cool would it be if college football was mm. doing that in the NCAA? And I would definitely, yeah, that'd definitely be interesting as, as what, what teams, we already have a big giant debate every year with the playoff on what teams deserve to go in and, you know, power five conferences over the group of five and, and things like that. So it, it'd be interesting to see how they decided which teams go into this super league. Um, yeah. Imagine like if there was a super playoffs for college football and then just automatically Bama was in because they're Bama. Right. And, and we were talking about it earlier, but like what teams they would include, would it be, you know, the past 20 years of success in college football, or would it be something where they look at the entirety of college football's history and include teams like Notre Dame and Nebraska and, and teams that were, were great historically, but really haven't been in our lifetimes. I mean, Notre Dame has been good. They've been to a national championship game, but not to the level they were. Um, like the Michigans you know, and Miami's of the world. Yeah, Exactly. 
Because then, because if it was recent, you'd have to throw like UCF in there. As much as that pains oh, me yeah. to say, it's like they've it been is. one of the more dominant college football teams over yeah. the last five years. Natty champs for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept. I know that people, um, all the soccer fans, were saying how. Yeah, the Super League, you know, without relegation, there really is no – there's no incentive to do well, um, like to, to really perform well. And, and that kind of internal competition within the leagues, um, whether it be relegation and promotion or just trying to go to the Champions League or the Europa League, things like that, um, I think that's what keeps the, the competition good, the parity good, where you have teams like Leicester City could go from the, champ, the, the second tier and go all the way to win the Premier League. Um, I think that keeps the sport healthy. I don't know about you. Yeah, you got to keep competition active. It shouldn't just be automatic bids for the teams that's just historically good. You got to show yeah. your work. Because I also feel like it'd be kind of boring. Like, as yeah, the teams have they have great like historical significance, and they have the name of the team that makes you kind of turn your head. But other than that, if they're just playing each other for for really no glory or, or no big championship, it be kind of be bland to me. That's yeah. my opinion. Gross. I agree with you. You want to move on to the NHL now? Let's talk Let's hockey. Do it. Yeah, I was at the uh, I was at the Panthers game last night. It was my first Panthers game since the COVID nineteen pandemic. Um, nice. I actually went to the last home game before everything got shut down, uh, and it was awesome. I mean, the Panthers they they looked absolutely dominant. I'm very close to making a pick on here of a, like a future for them to either make the cup finals or win as crazy as it sounds. I know, but that's what futures are. And the, the more I watch this team, it's the best Panthers team I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And they did all this yesterday without Barkov, without Hornquist. And I know we were just playing Columbus, but they looked really good with our rookie goalie in the net too. And no Ekblad yeah. until the playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, they said yeah. Ekblad would be out. He'd come back right around cup final time. So if we were to make it to the cup finals, there is a yeah. possibility. Right he would show back Right, which would be an insane pickup. Um, but yeah, the goalie, Spencer Knight, we drafted him two years ago. Um, Saturday, was it? Or I'm sorry, Monday was his 20th birthday or 21st birthday. One of the two. He's still super young. And the very next day, he gets his first NHL start and a, his first NHL win. Um, he had 34 saves on 35 shots. Again, we're playing Columbus. You know, they're not known for their offense and they're kind of having a really tough year. Um, but it was still cool to see the team show up for him, play really well defensively in front of him, give him a, a four-goal cushion to kind of let him relax a little bit and, and not put him in a 2-2 overtime game, which I'm sure would have been much more stressful. But it was really awesome to see him. He looked super composed, super calm. If I had to make a comparison to a goalie I've seen, I know it's only one game and it's only Columbus, but he reminded me a lot of Carey Price because he had a, a, a huge presence in the net. He has a very big appearance. He's strong down low, and he's super calm. I mean, he made every save look like he was kind of just in his driveway playing around with his cousins. Like, it, he didn't look like it was his first NHL game. He had looked like he played for seasons, and that's something that Huberto and Barkov even mentioned in their post-game interviews about, you know, his composure, and, and if you were to guess, you wouldn't think it was his first NHL game. So, you know, he's the future of the Panthers' net and crease. Um, you know, in a little bit, we saw Sergei Borovsky sign for a pretty lengthy contract. But I could see him being the backup as soon as next year. Um, and it's it's really exciting stuff for the Panthers. Yeah, I saw his post-game interview. He was talking about how comfortably he felt. And um, I just it makes me think we got to trade Bob Bobrovsky as long as we got um, value for him. 
I don't think any team, I don't know if any team is going to take that contract. Yeah. Um, we could, I mean, we could leave him unprotected and, and hope that Seattle takes him, but that mm -hmm. ain't happening. I mean, Barazzi's going to be a Panther for a while. Oh, uh, yeah. And one of our, one of our comment, we got a comment here. Ethan Badaski's letting us know he was born in 01, just reminding us how old we are, how much older we are than Spencer Knight. So that makes him 20. So he can't even have a legal drink yet after the game with the boys, but he can go out and win an NHL game, which is crazy. And, you know, going out that comment, I think there's one player on every sports team now in South Florida that me and you are both older than. Oh, yeah. Crazy. You have, you have Spencer Knight on the Panthers. You have Tua Tunga-Vailoa on the Dolphins. You have Tyler Hero on the Heat, and you have Jazz Chisholm. Mm -hmm. And they're not just, you know, like uh, – Bench players. These are like the star yeah, players. The stars and cases of the program. Yeah. So maybe not it, here it's crazy. Because we got all those because we got a lot of players, but it is crazy. Yeah, it's the the youth movement is is kind of taking over. You can see the franchises start to get their their faces in the in the younger guys, and I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to some games that are on today. You mentioned Carey Price. He's not starting for Montreal, but let's talk about the Canadians Oilers game. We've got Edmonton's at home. They're favored to win. And um, we're going, I got to go with Edmonton here because personally, I saw that Montreal has gone 3-10 and 10 in their last 13 road games. And the Oilers have been winning at home at, on a 70% basis. It just seems like it's too good to be true. Yeah, man. And uh, the Oilers have Mike Smith in that. Uh, he's, you know, a journeyman in the NHL. He's played on a lot of teams, but this year he's really seemed to found his, his groove. Uh, he's 16, four and two with a 9.23 save percentage, which is crazy considering they play teams like Toronto, um, Vancouver, even Montreal who, who have some high, high powered offenses. Um, I like that pick. I'm also going to throw in the over, uh, it's over six. I just feel like the, the Oilers themselves can cover that number within two periods, even one period. Um, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, you never know how many how many goals are going to be scored. And I know I just mentioned how good the Oilers goalie is, but I can see Montreal. I mean, Montreal is going to get at least one or two goals. Um, I see that game ending 5-2, 6-2 even. Uh, so I'm going to go with the over six on that game as well. Yeah, nice. Let's move on to another game we have today. we got the Predators versus the Blackhawks in an earlier game that's on 7 o'clock. Blackhawks are a home dog playing against the Predators, who have been extremely hot lately. And um, I like the Predators personally just because of how hot they've been. What do you, do you see a letdown spot coming up or what? Um, you know, it's tough to say. Both those teams are, are fighting with the Dallas Stars for that fourth spot in the Central Division behind the Panthers, Tampa, and Carolina. Um, those three teams have, have run away. I mean, they're basically locked in the playoffs, and that fourth spot's the only one left. You know, Nashville, like I said last podcast, they, they've been super hot. I believe they were 8-2 and two in their last 10 last time we recorded. Um, mm -hmm. and, same with, and same with Chicago. You know, they're a team that a lot of people thought this, this was the year they'd be rebuilding and not fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, but they're right, in the, they're right in the thick of things. And, you know, I see it more as a, as a toss-up game, but I can see Nashville has the advantage um, just having played better re more recently. Um, Chicago has Malcolm Subban whose brother is P.K. Subban. Uh, yeah. He's playing in Golden Knight. Um, mm -hmm. He's been kind of – he's been good, but he, he's more inconsistent than Nashville's goalie, Pecorine, who, you know, he, I think he's there. Who's, uh, he's not the one who's in gold tonight. It's a – Yeah. Yeah. Juicy, juicy uh, they're, they're both – I mean, 
what's funny to me is I've always said UC Soros is like a mini Pecorine where they're both kind of the same style of goaltending. And, and UC Soros has been good in his time in Nashville, I believe, especially like recently. 16 um, and nine so far this year with only two goals allowed roughly. Yeah. So, you know, the stats speak for themselves. So yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think Nashville, it, it's for me, it's really tough to say who gets that third, that, or I'm sorry, that last playoff spot in the division. Um, Cause yeah. Dallas, Dallas has been really inconsistent. They have the most overtime losses in the NHL. I think they have 11 or 12, which is tough to come back from giving up or letting up all those extra points throughout the season. Um, they have a lot of games in hand because they dealt with COVID issues earlier. So it'll be interesting to see who gets that last spot. But yeah, I like the Preds too. Mm -hmm. And it helps that they've been uh, dominating the Blackhawks too, 6-0 and against them this year. Yeah, that's... Uh, you know, if they were the first two, three games, you say, yeah, maybe that's a coincidence. But six out of – I mean, they've won every game against them this season. You think the coaches have something something over the goalie or the video coach has good film or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. oh, the next game we got is the Wild. They're traveling to be to play Arizona. The Wild have been one of the best home teams. It's still a very dominant team in a tough division playing against the Arizona Coyotes who aren't that good. The <laughs> – Goal matchup is um, Darcy Kemper for Arizona and Cam Talbot for Minnesota. Oh, for Minnesota, it's Cam Talbot. For Arizona, it's Darcy Kemper. Mm -hmm. And um, I like the Wild. What about you? Yeah, same here. Uh, I just think the Wild are, are straight up the better team. They've had an unbelievable season this year. Uh, a real resurgence. Another team that's kind of a surprise. Not a lot of people had in the playoff mix this year. Um. This Coyotes just struggle to score. They their offense has, has really been right up. Uh, they don't really have good special teams like their power play and their penalty kill are pretty pedestrian um, when compared to the rest of the league, specifically the Minnesota Wild, who have a, a really good power play. And yeah, I just think the Wild are straight up the better team. I think the price is for the for the money line is only minus one forty for the Wild, even though they're the road team. Uh, I still think that's pretty light considering the dominance that they've had this season. And it's a real shame because. Just like the Panthers, I mean, the Panthers have had an unbelievable season, but because of the division they're in, they're going to end up playing either Carolina or Tampa, two other teams that are in the top five of the league. And no matter what the Minnesota Wild do, they're going to end up playing either the Colorado Avalanche or the Vegas Golden Knights in that first round. So yeah. it's a real it's a real tough first round matchup for a team that's that's definitely overperformed and deserves a little bit of uh, playoff success. Yeah, the Avalanche have been the best team in the play in the league so far, if I had to say. So. Hopefully, they yeah, get the, hopefully they, they get were the, like uh, eighteen and two over their last twenty before the the COVID mm -hmm. situation because I believe they're not playing for the next week. Uh, but mm -hmm. I mean, the, uh, my personal prediction is Panthers Avalanche twenty five years later in the in the <laughs> Cup Finals because I think that I mean, first of all, I think it could actually happen, but second, I think that would be just unbelievable. Yeah, we could kill the rat all over again. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, the last hockey game for today, the Vegas Golden Knights, they're playing the San Jose Sharks, who have just been atrocious. What insight do you have on? Vegas? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that was a pretty simple take, but it's true. Uh, I like the Golden Knights. If I could take minus two and a half, I probably would, whatever those odds were. Just because, you know, they're at home. They're, they're if like you said, it's between them and Colorado, I'd argue, for the best team in the NHL right now. Uh, they got the. I think they have the best goalie this season in Marc Andre Fleury. Um, the guy just doesn't seem to age. He just seems to to pick it up every single year. Um, I'd argue he's in the Vesna conversation too for goalie of the year. 
And they're playing against Martin Jones for the Sharks, who's had a real tough year. His goals allowed average is, I believe, more than three. His save percentage is less than 900. And going into Vegas is always a, a tough, tough matchup. Uh, they say that, you know, you got the Vegas flu. I know it's COVID. You don't really go out after the games anymore. But they always say that teams that come into Vegas have a tough time showing up for the game because it's Vegas. You know, the guys are out having fun. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Vegas minus one and a half. Again, if you can find minus two and a half, I'd uh, sprinkle a little juice on that because you never know. That that game's yeah, the alternate lines. Nothing. Yeah, and then so that, that pretty much wraps up hockey because Flurry at home has just been a force to be reckoned with. Good luck if the Sharks. Yeah. Good luck for the Sharks. I, I would be very, very surprised if they won. But it's hockey. Hockey's super random, so you never know. One of our listeners actually one of our listeners, Kyle, actually gave us a good stat telling us that the Sharks have actually only lost to, by one to Vegas four out of the last five times this year. And to that, I just got to say the Sharks have been lackluster lately. I saw them. They lose to the Ducks at home. I just can't see a team that can lose to the Ducks at home beat Vegas. So. See, the, the key word in that comment is that they still lost. <laughs> they still lost four out of the five games. I say that's like an empty net goal away from being minus one and a half. Um, you know, and and or give, give the Sharks credit. They were definitely fighting for a playoff spot the past couple weeks. Um, mm-hmm. they, they started the season out really tough. Eric Carlson was is having kind of a tough year there. But now that there's only about 10 games left in the season and the playoff positions are kind of locked up for most teams, I just don't see the get up for the Sharks as much as I would, you know, let's say a month ago. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, so let's wrap up hockey and move on to the association. we got some basketball now, and I think it would be unfair to not start with the two head-to-head scoring leaders going off against each other. we got um, it's the Warriors versus the, War- the Wizards. we got Curry, who just, re- who just took over the scoring title, going up against Beal who he took it from. And the Warriors are a two-point favorite. And I got to say, who's going to stop Curry? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, he he took the scoring title away from him, and he's not giving it back. Yeah, like, he, he's tear. this last, like, eight games, I'm pretty sure, he's been averaging, um, like, 40 30. points. Yeah, at least 30. I know that. Mm-hmm. And, um... He's just been a man on a mission. It's been absurd. I have not seen anybody been able to shoot the ball as good as he has. Um, and it is it's just, insane. That's the only word I could use to describe it is insanity. I think it's about time people start giving him some respect and putting him in the MVP conversation. Because you know, even though he is being, playing really well, Nikola Jokic um, has been playing well too. But Curry... Is going to have MVP moment after MVP moment. I say he puts up another 40 tonight and will beat the Wizards. And here I I kept the stat about Steph Curry. So Steph Curry has six games with 10 or more three-pointers this season. No other player has five five or more of those games in their entire career. Yeah. And he has six in this season. (laughs) Like, like, no other player ever in NBA history. He's also making like 10 three-pointers a game. I think he's made 10 three-pointers a game in like in his last six. And 
he's never shot more than 23 pointers in a game, which is something that is unheard of. Because normally you, there's a list of like James Harden, Clay Thompson, Kobe, all these players are shot more than 23s, and you would right. assume Steph Curry is with them. But Steph Curry is just so efficient. He does not need to shoot 23s in a game, and he'll still make 10. He'll go 10 to 17. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I think you're right. I think he deserves to be in the MVP conversation because I'm not 100% sure if the MVP um, voting or, or the way it works is the same in hockey. But in hockey, they take it very literal to most valuable player to their team. So the team doesn't have to be the best team or you don't have to be the best player in the whole league as long as you, your contribution to your team is more important than anyone else's contribution to their team. And I think without without Steph Curry, the Warriors would be a lottery team. And, oh, they'd be worse than a lottery team. They'd be right, and, Cunningham, number one overall. And with him healthy and just balling like this, they're they're fighting for that the bubble playoff spot. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to find another guy who's more important to his team this season than him. Going off that, I see we got a comment asking about who we got for a favorite and MVP rookie of the year and finals favorite. I think you can tell who we like for the MVP so far. Mm-hmm. Rookie of the year is a little trickier right now because uh, LaMelo Ball, he's hurt, but he should be coming back within the that's next who I was, Yeah, that's who I was going to say. Yeah, so he's lost some grounding, and um, Anthony Edwards has caught up a little bit because he's been playing really well. He just helped lead the Timberwolves over the Kings last night. And... Um, so I'd have to st- stick with Ball for Rookie of the Year because when he comes mm-hmm. back, he's going to help the Hornets try and push to stay in that playoff race. And the finals, the Nets would have been my pick for the East, but recent, the, recently the East has just been wa- more wide open since um, Harden's injury took a step back. They're saying he's going to be out indefinitely. His hamstring's not healing well. Uh, it's easier for me to talk about the West. I feel like the Suns are going to come out of the West. Really? Mm-hmm. They're just a complete team, top to bottom. You got Chris Paul, who's a sound point guard. You got Don- you got Devin Booker, who's you can score at ease. And then you got DeAndre Ayton, who's a force inside. And then you got Jay Crowder, who's a solid three and D wing guy, and who has fi- who has experience in the playoffs and the finals, and especially against the Lakers, he'll be able to stop them. I could see. Yeah. So if a potential Lakers Suns Western Conference Finals happens, I would take the Suns in five personally, just because um, I don't think that group of misfits led by Anthony Davis can compete. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that'll uh, that'll be interesting. They definitely have the squad to do it. It's a matter of you know can they pull the experience together and and make a, a big playoff run. And I think it's interesting because because maybe it's just me, but I feel like the the Milwaukee Bucks aren't talked about. Um, in that same upper like echelon of teams that everyone uh, considers like favorites for the championship, like they were last year or the years prior. Um, I think with, you know, the Brooklyn Nets showing up to the scene. And like you said, there's teams in the West now who are competing with the Lakers and the Clippers. I just feel like they're not talked about as much. And, and when a team kind of goes under the radar like that, and they don't have the, the necessary pressure to perform and do well in the playoffs, that's usually when they take off and, and make a big run. So I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if, they made some things with it in PJ Tucker too. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, I think that they had bigger plans for the postseason until the Heat showed up last year. They had their eyes on you know the finals too. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if I saw them in the final. Yeah, the Knicks are looking really good from the East too. They are on a seven-game win streak, and um, if the Heat could get healthy, 
they have all the pieces and grit. But um, it's like their whole team is hurt right now, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I know. Um, Hero's questionable today. Today, Bam's questionable today. Butler's questionable today, and Oladipo. They're still waiting to hear from him, his um his doctors to see how he's doing. And then um, let's move on. Speaking of the Knicks, they play the Hawks tonight. And the Hawks are finally healthy, and they've been looking good. But the Knicks are looking better, and I think they're just going to stop them. Because the Knicks are going to win as a home dog. It's not a big dog, only plus one and a half. But the hungry dog runs faster. This team's hotter, and they're better on defense. You got Trey Young wearing his glasses now. But, uh, <laughs> Clint Capella could be stopped by Julius Randle. Derrick Rose is someone who, on offense, has been playing amazing lately. Let me look up the stat real quick. I saw he is playing really well over the last game. He's got 15 points per game, shooting 54% with three and a half assists. And he's coming off the bench. They got Alfred Payton starting, and he's putting up starters numbers and Really playing well. Derrick Rose, love his story. I got the Knicks tonight. Now here's a question. Tyler wants to know, would you consider taking Knicks first half as well? Well, yes, I would take Knicks first half. It's only plus a half. It's basically pick them. (laughs) They lost last night to the Hornets that first half and ended up covering the whole game. So I'd take it a bounce back for the first half bet. One of the best bets in basketball this year, Knicks first half. They're re- they've been really good at covering all season. And R.J. Barrett can guard any wing they have. John Collins might be a matchup issue, but he's been very hit or miss. The Knicks, and led by Tom Thibodeau, they've just been hungry and running and playing really well. And I always love to see, you know, the big market teams do well. I hate I I hate to see a team like the Knicks or the Cleveland Browns or the Buffalo Sabres. I hate to see teams that are just like marred in stink for yeah. multiple years or decades even. Um, so it's good to see them turning around this year. Speaking about let's just um speaking about New York, we'll cross over to Brooklyn, where America's favorite superhero team has Went from the Justice League to just Batman, Dark Knight, Carrier. <laughs> Had a nice win yesterday against Zion Williamson and the Pelicans, and they're playing again today versus the Raptors. Down, they're traveling down to Tampa. Mm-hmm. They're a three-point dog, and the Nets, surprisingly, have been very good as a dog this year. Um, last I saw, they were 16-4 and four when when playing as a dog. So they've been very valuable, even when not expected to. And I don't see how this Raptors team, even when fully healthy, I feel like they're just as good as the Nets when they are partially healthy. Right. You got Kyrie versus Kyle Lowry. That's basically a wash. And then it's only how far Siakam can take you with the Raptors because the Raptors don't have much options right now. Fred Van Fleet's been injured for a while, and Siakam just has not been good this year. So with all that considered, I'm taking the Nets. Yeah, got to go Nets. And um, Mark Peck, man. For the third dog in a row now, <laughs> we got to – I'm committing cardinal sin here. 
taking the Cleveland Cavaliers at home. The Cavs are playing the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago Bulls would be a very good team if they were fully healthy. But no Zach Levine tonight. Mm. I don't know who's going to score for them. I don't know who on the Bulls can score at all. Because Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be like night at the museum. Once the night once it once the sun goes down, they're gonna have that statue from outside come in and play for them. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only way they could beat the Cavs tonight. Uh. And then alright. And then after that, the last dog I've got is more of a spread. I got OKC. They have they're playing Indiana. In Indiana, and while OKC has just fully bought into their youth movement, I wouldn't say they've been winning because of it, but nine points is a lot, especially for a team like the Pacers, who have not been covering the spread. Um, I think at home, they're, all, they're only like 5 of 20 against Jeez. the spread when That's favored. Cool. Yeah, at home when favored, when you'd expect them to be – in control, they have not, and I think that just is. I think all that added up. Got to take OKC plus nine. That's OKC still probably will lose this game because Chris Levert and Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis have been all doing really well for the Pacers. But I'm going to take the points and go OKC plus nine, and continue on from I there. Think, I think the Thunder. They are in 10 years are going to be the craziest team of all time. Just judging by the amount of draft picks that they have, they have multiple first round draft picks. I think every year for the next six, seven or eight years. Yeah. It's going to be them and the Rockets controlling the West. If it just goes by draft picks. Stands out, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never seems to work out like that. Yeah. And then, um, all right. I said last dog was going to be the last dog, but I totally forgot. Portland Trailblazers are playing against the Nuggets. That's technically a dog, plus one and a half. Damian Lillard has missed the last three games due to hamstring injury, and he comes back tonight. Woof, woof. <laughs> the Nuggets are going down tonight. Yeah, man. I Listen, underdogs, I, lo I, lo I love underdogs, especially home dogs, because hungry, hun hungry dogs do run faster when they have something to play for. Those teams are fighting for playoff spots, too. Mm-hmm. And um, do we want to talk about the Heat today? They're, that could be our hospital game of the week, even though <laughs> I, mean, I think San, San Antonio is pretty healthy. I, um, Jacob Podol has been dominating. But actually, the addition for Dwayne Dedmon on the Heat has really helped with the interior defense, which is something that the Spurs like to attack with Jacob Podol. Um, DeJounte Murray has been good, but as long as Drogic's in, I think we could take DeJounte Murray. The game's here, right? No, it's in San Antonio. San Antonio is favored by a point. Um, I think got to go under. Two defensive teams, under 215 and a half. I like that a lot. Yeah, one team's going to stay under 100, in my opinion. As long as this game doesn't go into overtime, should be mm -hmm. good. They call it overtime for a reason, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do we want to move on to baseball now? Let's, Let's do baseball. I, 
Yeah, I have a an interesting stat about baseball that I saw Great. this morning. Before we get to um, the American side, I got to bring up how last night tested my waters in Korean baseball again, and the Samsung hmm. Lions came through with a dominating performance. Zach, ten Lee. ten run win. Yeah, Buchanan. He's a he was an ace last year for the Lions, and boy oh boy, he's stepped it up a notch this year. <laughs> but let's get how to Oh wait, what? How far into the season is the is Korean baseball right now? Did they just uh, start all? Yeah, he's. It pretty much just started. Um, what's it called? This was his third start of the season. Actually, okay. this was fourth start of the season. Before this, he was two and one, and uh, he's been dominating so far. All right, so let's talk about the MLB. This is a real baseball now. Yeah. So, um, so just talking about underdogs. You know, when we were t- picking dogs for for basketball. Uh, this season, underdogs are 122 and 122, completely 50%. But if you put $100 on every single underdog this year, you would be up $3,954. I take that. Yeah, which goes to show you, I know baseball, you know, given 162 games and, and the increase in parity in the league, it seems now with teams like the Orioles ahead of the Yankees and things like that. Uh, you just never know. Any given day, a, a team can come out and you know hit dingers or, or pitch really well. It, it's hard. Baseball is always a tough sport to, to know, take a single game in a single day and try to handicap it and, and get it right. Because like hockey, it, it, it's such a random sport to me. Most mm-hmm. sports are random. That's what make them great. But I think baseball has has a large spectrum of things that can happen that, that affect the game outside of just the players. Yeah, especially you got the last minute um, lineup changes or pitcher. One day he might he might just have the yips. You never yeah. know. Or the or the new thing now with, you know, extra innings, how a guy starts on second base in the tenth inning and how that, you know, you get lucky with, with that at at the end of a game. A pitcher could it could be an insane pitching duel, it's one nothing, and then it goes to extras and, and one base hit kinda ends the game. So Oh my it, god, it, don't get me started on the double headers only being seven innings. Yeah, that that that's I don't I'm a, We're taking away baseball from the people. We love to see baseball and uh like they just don't want it. We uh we're getting some admiration for our KBO talk. We are the only sports podcast gutsy enough to talk about Korean baseball. Hey, and listen, we, when they were we, we sports, the KBO was there for us. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. We fell into Korean baseball when we had nothing left. So that we gotta stick up for them now that we are kind of getting everything back. <laughs> yeah, who knows? We might be watching the future Eric Thames walking around. You never know, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's let's talk about the Marlins today. They got an early game. I think they're probably starting soon. Yeah, I think they might. Uh, it's one o'clock. A couple minutes. Uh, Jazz is lead. Jazz is the leadoff hitter for them, and Trevor Rogers is pitching. And I think this is a bounce back game after we played. We went down quick against the Orioles yesterday, and it was tough, but. They made it competitive again towards the end. So I think the Marlins should be able to, with a better pitching and more effective hitting, be able to take over against the Orioles today and make up for yesterday. Yeah, I sure hope so. They had a great series against the uh, the Giants uh, before they played the Orioles with a couple comeback wins in the ninth and in extras. I think the Marlins, yeah, they're a good bounce-back team. Like you said, I think they're going to get better pitching today, hopefully not fall into a hole as early. Um, yeah. If you're watching this live, I'd try to get in the Marlins money line as, as quickly as you can because I am pretty sure um, the game's yeah, out. It's a one-tenth. 
one ten. All right, five minutes. You can watch us for five more minutes and then go bet on the Marlins. <laughs> <laughs> Another early game at two o'clock is Tigers. They are playing Pittsburgh. And how about your Tigers, man? Hey, yeah, they've been they've been pretty interesting this year. They came back to normal a little bit lately. Uh, losing a couple recently. They got, I don't think they got swept by the A's and. They haven't done well this last series, but now they're playing Pittsburgh, who is atrocious, and they're actually favored at home. And interesting stat about the Tigers, they are 3-1 and one going back to last year when they are favored at home, which shows you they're not favored often, but when they are, they get the job done. Wait, since last year? Since last only- year, they are 3-1, and one, while favored. Two of them are this year, while favored. Oh, oh man, that is just that's a tough look. But hey, they're Michael three and Fulmer, one. Michael Fulmer's been doing good too. He's starting on the mound for them today. And I gotta go the Tigers against the Pirates, and I'm even willing enough to say that they'll sweep them today. Wow. Header. I was gonna say I, I don't think there's a team I'd rather bet less on than the Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the Tigers are, are a risky bet against anyone, but when they're playing the Pirates, I feel like that's just, that's another rank down of teams. Mm-hmm. All right. are I like them. They are chippy. They're hard not to like. They are a very just feisty team. Yep. And I, got a, I, got a, I got a couple baseball picks too. A couple dogs is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the White Sox today against the Indians. I just feel like the Indians have started a little uh Inconsistent, and we're definitely a White Sox podcast here. We we love the White Sox. Um, so anytime they're they're given money or or, or plus on the money line, uh, we got to take them. I also like the Texas Rangers today playing the Angels. I like the pitching matchup, and I, it's just one of those gut feeling games for me. I, I mean, that's kind of why I brought up the underdog statistic. Uh, I just feel like a lot of the times the lines don't really make sense. I mean, the angels and the Rangers have pretty much identical records. I think the Rangers are, are have one more win. Um, again, the angels, they, you know, they have Mike Trout, they have uh, Shanae Otani, things like that. They're just super inconsistent to me. Yeah. And, and, the, and the angels and Rangers so far, they split this year, but the Rangers have actually dominated the angels going back to last year. They were five and two. So now they are six and seven against them since last year. Or six and six and three against them since last year, which is pretty good. Um, when thinking about how the future is going to go, right? I would take a team that's been six and three against an opponent since last year, and both teams are pretty much the same as they are from last year, except Texas might be a little bit worse. Um, right, but I don't think they're plus one fifty worse. That's that. This is more right. of a the line. The line seems too weird for me. Um, yeah, a good old yeah. fashioned trap. Yeah. Yep. And then I guess my last pick would be the Oakland A's. Talking about them earlier too. <laughs> yes, big trap game. The Oakland A's. Uh, they're playing the Twins, who have struggled to start the year. The Twins are flying. I wouldn't say across the entire country, but they're definitely making a big road trip to go uh, all the way to Oakland, play a series there. Uh, I think Oakland has always been a team, in my opinion, that's played way better at home than they have on the road. Uh, guys like Steven Piscotti. Um, Frankie Mott is pitching today. Matt Chapman. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm taking the A's. They're pretty much pick them. They're minus 115. Uh, like they I are- said, against, 
against a team that's struggling, uh, and they're playing at home. So give me the A's. Mm-hmm. And um, I like the Braves today. Moving on from the A's, I like the, Braves. the Yankees. Right? The the Yankees won yesterday in a nail biter, but now they got Corey Kluber on the mound going up against Braves and Ian Anderson. And I think the Braves were able to show that even without Acuna, they um, still have one of the better lineups in baseball. And now they have a pitcher who will be able to help them mm-hmm. not let the opponents hit. <laughs> so, Pretty important. And Yeah, that always is important. And they got a better bullpen than the Yankees, too. And they're dogs. So I would take the Braves in this situation. I got to bring this back up. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot too. The Yankees, I mean, no excuses for them. I mean, they have the the star pitching. They've got two of the best sluggers in, in all of baseball. And I, I think I read a stat saying they were last in the American League for the first time since 1968. Jeez. It's just a, a mind-boggling stat. I saw something that was the Knicks are over 500 and the Yankees are under 500. And that's never happened where that situation has happened just like that before in the history of New York sports. Like the Yankees have never been below 500 when the Knicks were above 500. That's crazy. And I don't know whether that says more about the Yankees' dominance or the Knicks' stink for the past 30, 40 years. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know the Yankees aren't, aren't bad often. I mean, and I know there's 162 games. They'll pick it up. It's only – 15 games into the season, but yeah, still early. Let's talk about the Rays in that division. They're playing at Pickham too against the Royals. They got Walker on the mound, and I'm gonna stick with Tampa. The Royals have been very feisty this year, though. Michael Walker, great mm-hmm. name. Oh, of course. We want to move on to the coin flip game of the week of the Let's day. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so. On head, well, first, this game is going to be the Cubs versus the Mets. Both of these teams are very stinky. Both of these teams <laughs> are up and down as you can go. So we yeah. think might as well coin flip it up. This game's at 740. You got the Mets have David Peterson pitching, and the Cubs have Zach Davies pitching. And all right, which one you want? Um, to be the Cubs or tails to be the Cubs. Let's make heads Cubs, tails Mets. All right, heads Cubs, tails Mets. Heads. Oh, it's Cubs, the Cubbies. Oh, great. <laughs> Let's see if Jock Peterson could do something, or maybe Anthony Rizzo. But uh, Davies, a former Brewer, Brewers pitcher, will be on the mound today again, and hopefully he can get some of his Brewers magic. And do something today. Um, For our coin flip, we're uh, we're 0-1 on the coin flip game of the game of the day. So we definitely need a win in the win column. Get us back to 500. That's a fact. And um, so that wraps up our show pretty much for today. Um, We're looking to have another one soon, and be on the lookout for our NFL mock draft show, where we will each be doing our own mock draft and. Providing analysis on the entire first round. Yeah, so, uh, so definitely, if you guys have any any questions, tweet us uh, at Wheelan and Dealin. Here, I'll throw up the Twitter again. 
Um, I'm pretty sure you, most of you are already following us, but give us a follow. Tweet us any questions you have about this podcast, about legitimately anything sports, um, specifically for next week, the NFL draft, and we'll try to you know answer them as much as possible. We appreciate you know you guys watching and and liking, retweeting. Uh, really, any kind of support would be great for the both of us. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you guys. Have a good one. Once again, this has been Wheeling and Dealing. I'm Harrison. <laughs>